Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the, uh, what is this show? Oh, it's the Overleveled Podcast. <laughs> Man. Yeah, th- this is, <laughs> we, we've, been, we've been gone for a little bit. This is um, part six of The Dark Road to Kingdom Hearts 4 and episode five of specifically Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Uh, I'm Gavin, and today I am joined, as always, in this series with my good buddy Dash. How you doing, man? Ooh. What up, man? Tired. Yeah. I forgot what podcast we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it has been, you know, we've taken a little bit of break. We've, uh, we've taken yeah. a, we've taken breaks before, like shorter breaks, but this one mm. is significantly longer. It's been like three weeks nearly. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been a crazy few weeks though for both of us. It so. has. And I, I honestly want to say mostly it's been work stuff. Uh, specifically yeah. since now we are entering summertime and we clean pools uh it's <laughs> it's rough out there right now so yeah um, it's it, it's not getting any easier either yeah yeah but also do you want to share do you want to share your news oh uh, that i'm engaged is that the you just peaked your mic so hard. Well, I threw my microphone really far away from me, so I must have <laughs> I must have screamed really hard for that to peak. Um, yeah, yeah. So but, uh, got engaged uh, last weekend. Got engaged. Yeah, dude. So that is, I am a changed man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been thinking about things so differently. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> money, finances, oh, money, um, dude. Yeah, yeah, fucking money. That's the big one. Yeah, but also, dude. I'm already writing my uh, my speech and everything, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah? You already know. Yeah, yeah. You already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are, we're back. We're, we're getting close to the end. This is, uh, this is really the penultimate episode, I want to say, before uh, Dash finishes his very first playthrough of Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Um, I can see the peak. I can yeah. see the peak from here. Yeah, you can see the, yeah, the sun is peeking through the, the clouded mountains. You can see the yeah. light. Oh boy! Yeah, I see, it's Sora standing up there with Donald in a chokehold. <laughs> just keep saying, "Choke me harder, Daddy." Oh, that's what's happening. I see it too. I see it too, Dash. <laughs> I'm going back down the mountain. I don't want to be here. Yeah, this was a mistake. Um, <laughs> so we are back. We are currently r- right now in this episode. We are pretty much going to be covering um, mostly uh, Hollow Bastion. Um, yeah. But first, big episode. Yeah, where 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 we left off last time. Last time we we kind of ended it off. We head back to Traverse Town and we gave Sid the next gummy piece to upgrade yeah. the U.S. tugboat. I still don't understand how it works. Like in the shop, I tried messing around with it and I still am confused. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I, I, a lot of people were looking at the uh, the new Starfield gameplay. And um, shout out to to Michael Spaghetti from the Anthem Report podcast. He made a pretty sick meme, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tickle his ego for a little bit. He's famous now, all right, Mike. I know you're listening oh, yeah? to this. I know you're famous, okay. And guess what, Dash? <laughs> I've talked to this famous guy before. All right, oh, he's, he's oh. famous now, and I and I feel like I know him to some small degree, but that's that's still something. Anyways, uh, so Mike got to get it when you can. Yeah, got to get it where you can. Absolutely. So Mike made a made a fairly viral uh, tweet. Basically, he took the the footage of the StarCraft ship builder. Did you watch that gameplay uh, trailer for the new StarCraft game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. We were talking about it the uh, last week or That's something right. like that. Yeah, they they showed off in the 
the gameplay demo oh you can uh, build your own ship and they have this mm-hmm. blue background and they show you you know rearranging the pieces and stuff and all that and he took that footage and placed the gummy ship theme gummy song ship. music yeah. like <laughs> yeah and that kind of blew up because it's like oh cool yeah it's kingdom hearts anyways <laughs> so you get you give him the next gummy piece he upgrades the u.s tugboat um, and while he's off to go install the new piece, uh, Sora, he's, he's looking a little down and then Goofy reminds Sora, Hey, no frowning, no sad yeah, faces. Only smiles. Yeah. Only smiles. And Smile always. Yeah. Sora's just like, how the fuck are y'all so cheerful? There's still like no sight of your King or anything. And then Goofy tells Sora that the King told them to find the key bearer, you know, Sora. And since they trust the King. They believe that as long as they just stick together, everything's going to be cool. And he tells Sora that he just has to believe in himself. And then Sora, at this moment, he hears what sounds like Kyrie's voice say, I believe in you. And then we have this very interesting little s- sequence where Sora kind of sees some, he envisions himself sort of flying. And he's like flying towards this light. And then he ends up in this room where he sees what looks like to be a younger Kyrie running up to an old woman. You know, do you have any grandma? Oh yeah. You think it's the grandma? Well, well, we, we know that. Well, I have figured, figured out solely all by myself, Mm. uh, that, (laughs) that Kyrie just appeared on the, on the Island, uh, did some hard digging for that one. Okay. Uh, which, I'm joking. It's common knowledge. She just appeared on the island. Right. I'm assuming that's the person that took her in and she called like grandma or mom or something. You know what I mean? Okay. Like her parental figure or something. Cool. So, yeah. Like, yeah, we can go with that. Grandma. Okay. Yeah. Parental figure of some kind, whether it's grandma, mom, auntie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to read to you this, uh, this story that she says. Okay. Long ago, people lived in peace, bathed in the warmth of light. Everyone loved the light. Then people began to fight over it. They wanted to keep it for themselves, and darkness was born in their hearts. The darkness spread, swallowing the light in many people's hearts. It covered everything, and the world disappeared. But small fragments of light survived in the hearts of children. With these fragments of light, children rebuilt the lost world. It's the world that we live in now. But the true light sleeps deep within the darkness. That's why the worlds are still scattered, divided from each other. But someday, a door to the innermost darkness will open, and the true light will return. So listen, child. Even in the deepest darkness, there will always be a light to guide you. Believe in the light, and the darkness will never defeat you. Your heart will shine with its power and push the darkness away. And that's that story. What do you what do you think about this little story that she tells Kyrie? Oh, I think it's just like I didn't know if it really had any significance to like, you know, future events. You know, I don't think she was like telling the future like this is your prophecy. No, if anything, it, it seems like she's telling a story of the past. Yeah, like it's the past and it's something that she like, you know, she's older so she's kind of learned this throughout her life and she's just kind of passing down wisdom like, you know, Mm -hmm. always you know always follow the light you know always stay on 
stay on the path that, you know, that the light is guiding for you and you won't, you know, you won't do wrong in that path. You stray from the path, that's when things are going to go, you know, bad for you. Mm -hmm. You know, always stay on this line. That's how, how I took it. Sure. Yeah. There is a little bit of, you know, prophecy here kind of towards the end. Uh, very, you know, Jesus resurrection kind of um, feeling. It says, but someday a door to the innermost darkness will open and the true light will return. And so it's yeah. kind of this little like, okay, like eventually this thing is going to happen. But like, listen to me, believe in the light and the darkness will never defeat you. Yeah. So kind of like what you're saying, stay on the path. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and even even though she said, you know, the door will open and stuff like that, I didn't think Grandma was some mystic person that <laughs> was telling her future. I just thought she used it as symbolism, and I'm just like, ha, it's, uh, see what you did there, Yeah, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. So the old woman, she disappears, and uh, Sora reaches his hand out to Kyrie. She disappears as well, and then we snap back out of it. We're back in Traverse Town. And then uh, Sid comes back and he warns you that Hollow Bastion is crawling with Heartless. And that's pretty much all of the story stuff that we got going on. Um, just in regards to, okay, what, what do we need to do until we can go to Travers Town? Uh, but we do now have all five missing pages from Merlin's book. And uh, yes. yeah. So whenever we go and we examine Merlin's book, we, we head back over there through that fire uh, emblem door. Uh, we head back to Merlin's house. We look at the book. Uh, the lock unlatches, and Sora shrinks down and is transported onto the pages of the book. And uh, I think I had pointed this out to you a little while ago, but uh, immediately, if you look down at the command menu, the word attack, where you typically swing your keyblade, has been changed to the word hit. So yeah, that's kind of cute. Family friendly. <laughs> yeah. Family are, friendly content. Yeah. There's all these spots, you know, images, uh, drawings. There's all these spots on the book where there are huge clouds uh, covering up these uh, these images. Uh, but as you collect these pages and you complete portions of this book, the, the clouds gradually disappear. Um, and so one of the first things that we can examine is uh, this tent made of sticks <laughs> mm -hmm. and text pops up that says an empty meadow take a look and so we take a look and then Sora walks up to Winnie the Pooh who is sitting on a log and he's quote unquote thinking how to say goodbye to Pooh it's the <laughs> saddest thing ever dude. yeah I got so sad listening to him just go on just like yeah. everybody's gone yeah i don't you know how do i say goodbye to myself mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh my god i go i thought eeyore was sad you know? <laughs> yeah yeah he's saying all of his friends disappeared and he's just like well i guess i'm next <laughs> yeah i'm just like oh my god that's just awful and i'm like how long have you been sitting here contemplating your For life real. right now <laughs> yeah so right as we finish talking to him uh, the title of the world is revealed as 100 Acre Wood. Uh, all the childhood memories. <laughs> yeah. So on top of the pages again, a new area opened up. This time it's Pooh's house. And, you know, I really wasn't planning on making a whole bunch of notes on Winnie the Pooh. 
it's it's just a bunch of mini games. I mean, I didn't really see anything that was like, ooh, that's you know vital to what's going on. I was like, oh, this is cute. Right. Yeah. That's that's primarily what this place uh, serves. You know, that's its purpose. It's you have little bits of information regarding Pooh and kind of you know how the Heartless have affected this world existing inside of a book. Um, but I, dude, I was. I immediately came across something that for some reason I've just never thought of before. I've just never thought of this. And it okay. took it took me Good down a, it took me down a weird, a weird rabbit hole of sorts. <laughs> ah, ah, I get it. Yeah. I ah, get ha, it. Ha. So anyways, <laughs> on top of the pages again, this new area has opened up. It's uh-huh. Pooh's house. And yeah. it, like how whenever you look at the Eeyore stick tent, it says you know, what does it say? It says, an empty meadow. Take a look. Every time that you examine a new place, it says, blah, 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 blah. Take a look. And so mm-hmm. whenever you look at Winnie the Pooh's house, it says, an odd sign hangs above this house's door. Take a look. And then I thought, that's kind of weird that they would just draw focus to the fact that there is a weird sign hanging yeah. above the Winnie the Pooh's door. And so whenever you go into you know Winnie the Pooh's little area uh above Winnie the Pooh's door is a sign that says Mr. Sanders with you know yeah. it's, it's all scribbled backwards mm-hmm. as like a z you know yeah yeah i remember it i've just never thought of it so then i i i asked Mr. Google i said Mr. Google <laughs> oh. i said who in the fuck is <laughs> Mr. Sanders. Mr. Sanders in Winnie the Pooh if you never watched The Matrix, I mean, he's, he's just <laughs> yeah. part of The Matrix, Mr. Sanderson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's, dude, the best crossover ever. <laughs> so this then took me to a website called oh, no. lavasurfer.com. And this is a website Wolf. dedicated to discussing the books written by A.A. A. Milne. Made, mm-hmm. This website was made in 1998. And this, okay. <laughs> this website is a trip. Um, <laughs> look, dude, if you ever want to go to a website that is that just stayed in the fucking late 90s, go to go to lavasurfer.com. Um, what did you expect it to update? Winnie the Pooh stopped. Dude, OK, <laughs> I, I thought I made a note of this somewhere, but it was last updated like in 2015. Oh, wow. Well, they did. They did do some re- something. They did do some reboots of stories and stuff like that, not just movies. So I guess that makes sense. But but still, but still, nonetheless, the website has made no changes to the way it's formatted. Anyway, so I, I'm taking a look at lavasurfer.com and it's all ran by um, just one guy who goes by the name Topher. I'm pretty sure his his you know his name is Christopher he goes by Topher on lavasurfer.com that's like his he's basically the god of lavasurfer.com okay <laughs> this this used to be kind of a an FAQ for specifically Winnie the Pooh Winnie the Pooh and other books written by the same author AA a. Milne so <laughs> there is i just found one uh one like FAQ you know a question by someone who seems to be in a dire dilemma. Uh, and he's specifically asking the same question that I have, and that is, who is Mr. Sanders? But I'm just going to read to you what he asks. <laughs> he says, hello, I have a dilemma. I was discussing Winnie the Pooh with a friend the other day. Don't ask me why 
were both grown adults. <laughs> and he <laughs> insists that because it says Sanders above the door, that it is Winnie the Pooh's last name, as in Winnie the Pooh Sanders. I told him this is not true. And yeah, sh- no. <laughs> and showed him your webpage where it states, I mean, oh, or sorry, it means he had the name Sanders over the door in gold letters and Pooh lived under it. And he still insists that this means that, his, that that is his last name. Would you please clear this up for us? We need to know <laughs> which one is correct because we now have a bet writing on this. We are very immature. Also, if it isn't his last name, why does it say Mr. Sanders over the door? That's just out of curiosity. Thank you. And oh my I, god! I found I found the website. Yeah, <laughs> I typed in I typed in Winnie the Pooh's last name, and it literally and, and he insists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the Topher, God bless his soul. He he gives us a few different answers. The first one, you know, this has confused uh, many people. Your friend is not alone. So great, we have some we have some uh, affirmation in in the the disbelief or like I guess the the misinformed nature of what Miss, Mr. Sanders is. Uh, the answer, of course, is that his real name is Winnie the Pooh or Winnie the Pooh, uh, as it's written in the original book. But definitely not Winnie the Pooh Sanders. The Sanders sign was there whenever he moved in. The real Mr. Sanders was the prior resident of the house where Pooh now lives. And I thought that this was also very funny because it's like, we have some fucking lore here, guys. We have some Winnie the Pooh lore. Um, Who died? I mean, God, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently his name, his real name outside of Winnie the Pooh is Edward Bear. That's good. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. While there is I had to know. While there is know. while there is no definitive answer to this question in the Winnie the Pooh lore by A. A. Milne, we have decided, in a Pooh sort of way, that Mr. Sanders must have been a bear, and that he must have been a bear because he lived in the sort of house that is suitable for bears. And the location of this house was close enough to the buzzing assort of bees as to be able to get honey without being too close to be bothered by the buzzing when he wasn't hungry and since mr sanders is a bear then he must have been a relative of winnie the pooh (laughs) but he must be a distant relative because mr sanders is nowhere to be found no 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 okay bears (laughs) do not eat honey okay they're opportune hunters they do not just eat dude dude there was a whole thing about this you could look it up like he would winnie the pooh would have to eat so much honey <laughs> to sustain himself <laughs> to sustain himself and it's possible in the hundred acre woods because they did a whole breakdown of how many bee nests could be in that in the hundred sure, acres sure and he'd have enough but he would have severe diabetes <laughs> oh of course of course of course bear diabetes of course um yeah. and then of course there's just the easy answer um that's probably the most correct answer that we'll find of this um Really, Mr. Sanders is just a reference to one of the illustrators of the book's uh, friends, um, a man named Frank Sanders. So that's it. That's probably more likely. I would, <clears throat> but just the fact that 
okay, there's just there was just so many layers to this that I was like, I feel like I need to share this with people. Um, <laughs> like one that this website fucking exists. Two that someone like had a bet with one of his adult friends about this bullshit. And like three, there's some actual fucking lore here. Like you know, there was just so much about this. I was like, okay, we got to talk. I'm spending way too much time on my notes here, but we're gonna fucking talk about this. <laughs> That's why we're only doing half, like, only Hollow Bastard because there's so many notes on Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, war. basically, we're fucking over twenty minutes into this bullshit, and, and we've uh, we've talked about the lore of Mister Sanders. Anyways, oh my god, that's fantastic. So Sora walks into Pooh's house where Pooh is struggling to find a single smackerel of honey, and whenever he walks back outside of his his house. Al meets up with him, and he says that we need to find the missing pages to see what happens next. But little does he fucking know, Dash. We already have does, the pages. Does he... Does Yes, that, but also, does he not consider Mr. Owl a friend? Because he said all of his friends are gone. <laughs> Fuck Mr. Owl. He's my enemy. <laughs> my one enemy is still here, but all my buddies are gone. But yes, we, I've collected all the pages, so, you know, Uno reverse card, Mr. Owl, <laughs> fucking ass. Okay, so back on top of the pages, new area yep. with a tall tree opens up. It says, a tall, curious tree buzzing with bees. Take a look, and we take a look, and then we see Piglet kind of walk out of a log looking for Pooh and the, and the rest of his buddies. And uh, Sora pulls an attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, that's what I put in my notes. That's, that's what I put in my notes too. He put <laughs> yeah. an attack on Titan. Yeah. <laughs> so after chasing Piglet around for a little bit, uh, he tells Sora that he has something to give Pooh, and then Pooh arrives, and Piglet and Piglet gives Pooh a balloon so that he can float to the top of the tree to get honey. And this is our this is our first mini game where we basically just have to hit the bees before they pop Pooh's balloon. I don't know. Easy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah. if you want to give your opinion on every fucking mini game, but I'm not. No, I'm, not really. Most okay. of them reminded me of iPhone games. That's basically. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it I don't was know. Like iPhone games. I don't know why Disney and Square haven't capitalized on just a shit ton of like Winnie the Pooh mobile games. You know. Because no one watches fucking Winnie the Pooh anymore. No, but all the Kingdom Hearts fans would play them because they're because Nomura would put more lore in that shit. Yes, more <laughs> about Mr. Sanders. Yeah, that's all I want, so. <laughs> okay, so uh, after we complete this minigame, this is whenever we actually get the Bambi summon. And uh, Bambi's a cool summon, so I don't know if you've tried out all of your summons that you have, but Bambi's pretty cool. Oh, okay, I haven't tried out Bambi yet. Yeah. I was, I was too busy with some other summons. Gotcha. Back on the pages of the book, a new area opens up with text that says, A broad expanse of vegetable fields. Take a look. <laughs> So we take a look, and around the side of Rabbit's house, Pooh and Piglet are trying to talk to Rabbit, but Rabbit's like, nobody's home. And this is this is just something that I put in my notes for future uh, future lore, lore stuff, but it's also, it means nothing given in the context of the game. But anyways, Pooh asks who nobody is with a capital N. So anyways, I don't know if that's all, that's all I'll say about that. Anyways, Pooh crawls his way into Rabbit's house and Sora helps him find some honey. And as Sora's trying to leave, Piglet runs after him saying that Pooh got stuck trying to crawl out of the hole. 
on the side of Rabbit's house. And Rabbit says that carrot juice will help get him out. And I don't, I don't really know what they mean. Like if carrot, if they just kind of like lather his fucking body in carrot juice, or if that's going to make him lose weight or something. Yeah, no, they're they're calling him a fat ass. So yeah, like, like, you need to drink some carrot juice. Drink this, diabetic so fuck. <laughs> And then uh, I said Tiger. Tigger, uh, he arrives, and uh, he basically just wrecks havoc. And Tigger says that his bouncing spot has disappeared, and so he's decided to stay at Rabbit's house, which stresses the fuck out of Rabbit. Um, What doesn't stress the fuck out of Rabbit? Yeah. (laughs) So now we play another minigame where we have to protect Rabbit's vegetables from Tigger's bounces. Yep. Yep, that was riveting. Yeah, as I must say, <laughs> he Rab- was really going after those carrots. Yeah, <laughs> Rabbit makes poo some carrot juice. Sora pushes him out. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> he kind of, he kind of, he kind of fucking Babe Ruths him. Hey, like, <laughs> remember, remember what we said? Don't think about it too hard. It's yeah. a ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Back on the pages. A new area uh, opens up. Text that says, A swing hangs from a stout tree. Take a look. And so we see Pooh and Piglet. Uh, They're just kind of on this bridge, and they see Eeyore floating. I was ready to... Dude, I was ready to see Eeyore just fucking hanging there. (laughs) I'm not even going to lie to you, dog. Oh, God. So Owl suggests uh, that getting a good view will aid them in finding his tail, because that's basically what we're here to do, is just look for Eeyore's tail. Um... Is he a donkey? Have we ever... Is yeah. he a donkey? Okay. Yeah. He looks like a weird-shaped donkey. That's all I'm saying. Not even the color. Just his shape. Just mm-hmm. doesn't look like a donkey. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I believe he's a... I believe he is a donkey. Eeyore the donkey. Yeah. I think that's, that sounds right to me. <laughs> yeah. So you guide Pooh over there to the tree, which is, I guess, a, a, a mini-game in itself. It's like this weird thing where it's just like, come on, you slow fucking pig. Or pig? No. Uh, bear and then I don't know I just feel like it's just this part feels like padding to me <laughs> yeah it does it's like what do we do now you know we've yeah. already kind of done our three ideas that we had <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> so you, you guide him up there now we have to play this mini game where we swing poo like at a specific distance so that he lands on Eeyore's house <laughs> and destroys his home to reveal that his tail was on top of it. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Yes, because he's already super depressed. Let's destroy his only thing that he has yeah. and make him feel better. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe nobody was like, hey, did you check your home? Just yeah. just in or around your home. Is, is How did it, he even get there? up there? He's not that big. I don't know. <laughs> so once we yeah, complete this, once we complete this por- uh, portion... Stop gets upgraded to Stopra, so just a more powerful version of Stop. And uh, yeah, back on the pages, new area opens up. Says a clearing crowded with tree eh, tree stumps. Take a look, and then we take a look, and then Sora arrives, and Tigger exclaims that this is his bouncing spot. (laughs) So Tigger and Rue tell Sora that he needs to learn the way of the bounce, essentially. Yes. So Sora becomes the bouncer. You have to play this mini game where you have to follow Tigger and Rue around, and then you have to hit the nuts that Tigger throws at you into the pot in order to break it. <laughs> baseball. 
yeah, that's it's essentially just, what they're having us play baseball. They're, play, they're doing play baseball, and then there's all these items around. Like, there's tre- treasure chests. This is probably one of the more explorable areas in this yeah, 100-acre Yeah, more winter. open. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you find all the fruits and stuff, you can turn him into Owl, and he'll give you, like, a little reward. But nothing nothing crazy. It's just, like, synthesis item stuff, I'm pretty sure. Um, back over on the pages of the book, a new area opens up with text that says, A Winding Muddy Path. Take a look. And Sora is just kind of watching Pooh follow his own footsteps. Uh, but he thinks that the culprit is the entity that took his buddies. And... Yeah, Sora just promises to help Pooh find his friends. And then you proceed to guide Pooh around until you trigger little events that results in finding all of their friends. And this was, yeah, this was the last minigame area. So once you once you finish all these minigames with all of Pooh's friends found, we get another scene with everybody on that hill with the tree swing at night. And Tigger and Piglet talk uh, a bit about uh, loneliness and Pooh says that he's trying to think about what to think about <laughs> and Sora announces that he's off to go find his friends and then he does <laughs> he does like a breakfast club like fist yeah, pump like <laughs> like freeze frame I was expecting like yeah there's just the look at what was it the family guy bit where he jumps up and he's like he's like Peter come down and he's like I can't I'm scared Lois call the fire department <laughs> So Pooh tells Sora that they'll always be there if he ever wants to go visit them again. And this is very cute. And this reminds me of the very last scene in the movie The Labyrinth. Um, You've seen The Labyrinth, right, with David Bowie? Yes, unfortunately. Dude, it's a great movie, bro. What are you saying? Okay, I... My ex loved that movie. Okay, <laughs> spent seventy dollars on a on a collector's edition with like the special oh case and stuff like that oh for her birthday. And I've watched that movie and seen Bowie's Bulge way too fucking much. <laughs> okay, I'm not okay. saying it's a bad movie. I just have my opinions at, sure, at this point. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I do like the ending. I've I've always kind yeah. of considered the labyrinth as the most. One of the more JRPG type movies ever. <laughs> you know, you have this this the girl. Dark Crystal. She, Hello. Oh, uh, Dark Crystal is like that too. But you know, you have this girl. She goes out on this adventure. She meets all these wacky characters along the way, and in the very end, everyone's kind of reunited. Then they're all like, "Hey, should you need us? Like, you you're always welcome, like to come back or whatever." And um, it, I don't know. Then they appear in her room, and they all just start dancing. Yeah, good shit. Excellent, excellent <laughs> movie. Anyway, so they. <laughs> Uh, that's I don't know. Just whenever Pooh tells Sora that they're always going to be there if he ever wants to visit them again, it just immediately I just thought of that scene where they're all dancing in her room. I'm like, eh, it's kind of like the ending of the labyrinth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the book closes and it locks shut, and we get this really beautiful artwork of Sora holding hands with Winnie the Pooh, and Piglet and Tigger are walking next to them. And yeah, that's Hundred Acre Wood. You know, overall. Like we had said, mostly mini games. But what do you think about just kind of this inclusion of of Winnie the Pooh? You th- you feel like it? It kind of maybe maybe there's not a whole lot of lore happening now. But you think? Maybe, yeah. How are you feeling about the themes that we're seeing in this? I f- I feel like it was like a palate cleanser. You know, you're doing sure. all this stuff and it's getting more serious. And once you get all the pages, it's kind of like you know, if you if you got all the pages and then went back to Merlin after you had everything instead of one at a time. 
Um, it's like, oh, you know, let's take a break, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, relax, right. do some goofy, wacky shit, mm-hmm. you know, feel a little sad for Pooh because he wants to end his suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I thought it was cute. You know, that's really yeah. what it was meant to be. It's just a little cutesy thing. But I was just like, I was like, to be totally honest, if we weren't doing the podcast, I probably wouldn't have went back to Merlin to like the end of the game, if sure. anything. Yeah. And I would have been like, oh, this is what I missed? Okay, whatever. Yeah, you know? this, this is another one of those worlds that is not required to beat the game. Um, yeah. But it is considered a world, like a keyhole. And if you wanted to get like the secret ending, you do have to complete this story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's that. That's Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I will also just say, since you mentioned it, I'll, I'll just say this. This is a light, a very light spoiler for Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, but I will just say that you will see uh, the Winnie the Pooh characters again in Kingdom Hearts 2. And it's kind of kind of a similar um, way about... Like, I, I'm pretty sure you collect pages again. Um, and I would just say that once you get to Kingdom Hearts 2, I would say just go ahead and, you know, if you get a page, head back over to where the Winnie the Pooh location is and knock that out and then just you know continue your journey until you find another one that way because like you said it's supposed to kind of break up the pace um and i mean realistically the beauty of it is you can do it however way you want to (laughs) but i feel like i feel like it is a nice experience just whenever you're doing this big harrowing journey through uh, saving the world it's nice to just every now and then just get something new out of winnie the pooh or something i don't know do whatever you want i don't know (laughs) No, I agree. It's like I said, it's a palate cleanser. It's something that you're like, you know, maybe you hop on and you're just like, oh, man, I don't want to I don't want to go through a bunch of stuff. I don't want to have to press. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you know, figure out what's going on or where I have to go. It's like, I'm going to see what I'm going to see what Winnie the Pooh's doing. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go chill with him, see what he's up to. Yeah. So now that uh, pretty much the only world that I'm. I mean, maybe you maybe you've done it already, but um, the only other world that we haven't done is uh, the entirety of Olympus Coliseum. But uh, no, from here, I have not. I've not gone yeah. back to that. I kind of want to be over leveled for that shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, maybe finish the I, game. I would. I would say where you are right now, you're already kind of over leveled. <laughs> Like, oh, like, so like I could probably go, go back there, and just yeah. You know, I mean, it's like a it's like a tournament type thing, but I'm pretty sure each tournament's only like ten fights long, and they're all just enemies with like little bosses towards the end you've yeah i would say you know maybe next time maybe we can include it in our final episode um but if you do want to just head back over there to olympus coliseum before you take on that final world or whatever yeah i mean okay we can talk about that it's yeah, like yeah. i said it's not a whole lot of story going on over there but hey <laughs> hey so yeah all of this is done and now we fly the u.s tugboat and we arrive Finally, at Hollow Bastion. So Sora, Donald, and Goofy arrive at the exact same location that we see Riku in that one scene where Maleficent is watching from a distance. Yeah. And, you know, we get... All that cool imagery. Now we're actually able to see this area that Riku is at where we have the waterfall kind of flowing. Oops, sorry. Hit the microphone. Uh, we see the waterfall flowing 
backwards, you know, upside down or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Looked really cool once you were, like, in it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that cutscene was, like, I'm not gonna lie, it looked more like ice in the cutscene. Like, I Mm -hmm. thought it was just frozen. But Mm -hmm. when I actually got there and saw it was, like, going in reverse, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, Sora, he says that he feels this warmth inside of him whenever they arrived. Um, but then Donald's just like, you're just hungry. And then <laughs> up ahead, we we see Riku questioning Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Like how he's yeah. even able to reach Hollow Bastion without a vessel or, or help willpower. from the Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, uh, because I believed really hard. I don't know. <laughs> My heart just brought me here. He's like, fuck you. That's why. <laughs> yeah, he's like, my heart just brought me to where Bell's heart is. Uh, but I guess before we go up there, how, now that we can kind of explore this little area, how, what did you think about just like shooting the ice at those bubbles and stuff? It was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I I wrote down, I was like, um, I mean, I say it, it sounds like I say it every time we boot up another episode, but this is by far like, like, I don't, I wouldn't say favorite, like place we've been. But as of scenery and just like, you know, doing that kind of doing some of the like stuff in that little mini area, I was like, mm-hmm. this is the coolest place that we've been so far. I oh, go yeah. by far. I go, it is so fucking cool. I go, I just want to this like the place just seeing it and not really even doing anything made me want to just go. I want to explore every inch of this place <laughs> and right. just see what it has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. This place is big. And um yeah, yes, we get it our, is. Fucking we get monstrous. Our, <laughs> yeah, it's huge. We have this first glimpse of exploration, you know, just kind of down there and, and, you know, before we actually go up there into the castle proper. But, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, man. There is a lot about this place, um, mm-hmm. whether it's, like, a story thing that happens or just, like, the design of... I don't know what maybe someone's wearing or, you know, just yeah. there's a lot of stuff here that just harkens back to that early 2000s, like, scene, like, that emo, like, you yeah, see yeah. a lot of black and purple, like, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, all that good shit. Anyways, no, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so Riku, at this point, he strikes Beast down. But this is also one of the first times that we actually get a glimpse at Riku's weapon. Um, I just sent you a photo of it into the Discord. But... Yeah, it's a pretty dope sword. That's what I wrote down too. I was like, yeah, like, Riku's sword is fucking cool. It is. It is. And actually, this is interesting because we see, we actually first saw it in Traverse Town whenever Sora and Riku reunite for the very first time, and then we also see Riku using it whenever he's helping you fight Monstro, uh, or fight inside Monstro. So I remember seeing it in Monstro, but I don't remember seeing it in Traverse Town. Yeah, I remember he took our he took brief. our Keyblade, and that's what I remember from that whole thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, okay. I think it was like uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy. They encounter a Heartless, and then Riku shows up and he kills that Heartless, and then Sora's like. <gasps> Riku, like, what's up? Uh, and then, and then yeah, y'all yeah, are talking yeah. for a little bit, and then Sora does yeah. the blade pose. So, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> now, yeah, that that makes more sense because I was like trying to think. I was like, I don't remember it like being on his back or something. I was like, I don't remember seeing that, but that makes more sense. Yeah. So this weapon's name is Soul Eater, Soul Eater, like the anime. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, it reminds me of what was the, what was the blade called in uh, 
Ah, uh, which Brandon Sanderson book was it? Oh, um, Stormlight Archive. Nah, before that, it was the one like the pre before everything. Oh, 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 uh, Nightblood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's immediately what I thought. <laughs> In of. your brain, this is what Nightblood looks like. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, his is more. It said more like a katana, like it was yeah. like long. But yeah, this is what I would picture: like red, edgy, probably a bat wing because fucking why not I'm yeah why anyways. not hell yeah <laughs> yeah it, it kind of is it's similar also to if you want to scroll up through our discord conversation i was showing you that like footage that um you know that design of like vincent uh from final fantasy 7 oh yeah yeah, yeah. Just, just like you know this is whenever whenever tetsuya namora does like uh like dark design stuff like he definitely has like a style you know yeah yeah he does and, uh, I like Anyways, it. yeah, it's it's cool. Um, yeah, so the 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 sword's name, the weapon's name is Soul Eater. In its design, like we've been saying, red, purple, blue blade, kind of shaped like a demon wing or whatever, bat wing. Its handle, and keep this in mind, mm. just bears a blue eyeball, like a yes. blue eye, right, yes. right, right in the handle. Um, yep. And then also its its handle is is kind of consistent of like these dark braids. It's a very interesting yeah. design. But anyways, I don't really have anything to say about that blue eye, but just kind of remember that Riku's weapon has this blue eye. <laughs> so be like nightmare where like like the whole like the main guy is actually trapped in the sword and you break the eye and he gets loose finally and he's like ah that would be wild. <laughs> <laughs> so Sora intervenes and Riku says that he's been waiting for him. And then uh, Riku kind of recollects on their lifelong rivalry with each other. And then he claims that there can only be one Keyblade master. And then Riku holds out his hand saying, let the Keyblade choose its true master. And then the Keyblade leaves Sora's hand and it just straight up just appears in Riku's. And yeah. Sora is flabbergasted to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I it was I it was expected. You know what I mean? I kind of saw it coming. You thought you uh, thought Sora was going to lose the Keyblade? Yeah, I you know, cuz it's like uh if we were to put this in a movie, it's like, you know, he starts getting to the highest high and then there has to be a really, really low point. Like, he sure. loses the Keyblade or something. And then he has to earn the respect of the Keyblade. Like, Thor. He loses, like, his... Uh, his he's not worthy of Mjolnir. Yeah. And then he has to get worthy again. Like, I was like, I saw it coming. Yeah, it's a, kind of a, a step in the hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's like, let the Keyblade choose its true master. Leaves Sora's hand, appears in Riku's. Sora's, you know, what the fuck. And then he's he says that he's the one that he should be the Keyblade Master because he fought all the way there using it. But then Riku's like, you were just the delivery boy. And then he throws a fucking wooden sword at Sora. It was a good, <laughs> like, it was a, it was a good burn. It, it was really cold, was. bro. Yeah, I was like, I was like, ooh, I go, that's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> and then Donald and Goofy very quickly turned their backs on Sora. I know. I was like, like immediately. dude, that I wasn't expecting. I was full ready for Donald and Goofy to be like, you know what? We're supposed to follow the king, King Mickey. Like, but like, mm-hmm. fuck him. We're going to stay with our friend. They're like, sorry, Sora. You're a loser yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, for real. They, the they fucking, leave him. 
the Toy Story meme. It's like, sorry, I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they just straight up leave Sora and they follow Riku since, I mean, hey, he's got the Keyblade. He's, he's now the Key Bearer. And um, now we just as a note of of like this point well Sora and the Beast they both decide to kind of push through together and now yeah. the team is just Sora and Beast which is cool but which just, I prefer that's fantastic it was great yeah, I loved yeah. it so yeah the wooden sword does no damage but unlike the wooden sword at the very beginning of the game when Heartless first invade the island um, you can actually start making contact with Heartless and you can earn like uh, like tech points but you don't actually do damage. See, and that's what I was asking you that one time because I was like, I was like, did the keyblade? I remember I just like bum rushed you at work, and I was like, hey, I was like, I was like, does he still technically have the keyblade? Because like the wooden sword, it was hitting the heartless in the beginning. They weren't hitting the heartless. I right. Go, this does not make sense. You know, I go, is, is it heart? Like, is his heart so strong that it's like just manifesting into these hits? Like, what's happening? Yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe. The only thing I can assume is that, like, when developing this portion of the game, they just forgot <laughs> that, like, oh, whenever Sora tries to attack the Heartless, he doesn't even make contact with them at the very beginning of the game. I think all they remembered was that the fact that it does no damage. So, yeah. anyways, you can make I contact, mean, you can earn tech points, but you can't actually kill anybody with that key, with the sword. Yeah, and I was full-on expecting, like, not even be able to make contact and just be, like like beast has to lead me through through hollow bastion essentially like he's the only one that can actually hit things yeah but dude bro speaking of beast bro dude, he's a he's beast a, he's a beast i was about to say he's a monster i mean dude <laughs> i would love to have him all the time like fuck donald and goofy like you know yeah i was so hoping for sure to be like nah you left me beast <laughs> yeah i don't need y'all <laughs> yeah beast is badass i'm hanging with this guy now i would nice. love to see beast like, in the i don't even ship. I don't even know what this motherfucker is, but you guys are you're you're a duck. You're probably a dog or some shit. I don't even know what he is, but he's fucking cooler than y'all anyways. I would love so, to see beasts in the gummy ship. Yeah. Just cramped. <laughs> yeah. So you go through kind of the waterways outside the castle in order to unlock the like the main doors. But now we kind of get more time to explore the outside of the castle a little bit. Um, we've talked a little bit already about just kind of the cool design. Uh, what did you think about just kind of going through like the that sort of sewer portion with Beast? If you have any thoughts on that, I don't know. <laughs> uh, not really. You know how I feel about water, so give me a little bit of anxiety because yeah. I was just like, please, nothing like grab me. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, please, nothing just touch me. I go, I don't right. want to. That would freak me the hell out. But yeah, no, I kind of just powered through it because I was like, get me out, get me out, get me out, get me out. I'm very strange. <laughs> so once Sora and Beast make it through the door, we get the scene where Maleficent is walking through a room where all of the princesses of heart are locked in pods, as well as Kairi. She's also there. And she calls out for the princesses to show her the keyhole. And a beam of light shines through like this trippy red, blue, green, heartless emblem-shaped emblem portal <laughs> um, yeah yeah this is the scene that i guess you were talking about where you're like you can put ariel in that shit <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like you you could it's a tube it's a fucking tube you're telling me oh she she can't fucking be on land bitch she's <laughs> she's put her in a fishbowl like fuck 
Easy. <laughs> easy money. She would have put up the least amount of fight out of all of them. Yeah. Just fucking chop her <laughs> tail off like sushi. God. <laughs> <laughs> so Sora and Beast walk into this front room of the castle. And then Beast jumps through a door to kind of chase one little heartless that kind of made itself look like Belle. So he jumps through that door to attack it, and then the door shuts behind him. And so now you don't have Beast anymore, so bye, I guess. Yeah, and then sad. Ri- yeah, Riku, Donald, and Goofy, they appear. And Riku, Riku is changed into his new outfit. And look at this boy. This fucking hula skirt. Fucking. Some people shouldn't wear spandex. He's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, not gonna lie, man. This 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 is a fucking based outfit. Oh, it is, and his head is. It makes it. His head looks huge when he wears this. Like he looks like a normal child before, but his head looks massive. Oh yeah, I'm trying to understand what's going on here with his whole belt situation because he's got this hula skirt. Ever since I was a little kid, I okay. always, I've always called this a hula skirt. But he's always okay. He has this belt right above the hula skirt, right? Uh-huh. And then he's got like this sort of X-shaped buckle. Yeah. To yeah. Uh, I don't to serve a purpose. I assume. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't know what it is, but it's there. I mean, if you were to scroll up, there's another one of your favorite characters that doesn't understand the concept of belt buckles and belts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> so, to be totally honest, it makes sense. <laughs> Here, hold on. Let me, let me just uh, pull up another character for you. Uh, this is a character named uh, Lulu uh, from Final Fantasy X. Is all belts? Is her bra like belts? Here, let me just show you the artwork here because this is another uh, this is another image or not image. Sorry, this is a this is a character designed by Tetsuya Nomura, and you can very clearly see that Tetsuya Nomura has a very specific style, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing this shit? Not yet. Not, not oh, you, there, you it have it. There, there, there it is. is. There it is. What yeah. the actual shit? <laughs> What the actual shit? Yeah, she's just got belts. Like the whole bottom half is just belts. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Anyways, so this is this is this is just. Uh, he really likes belts. He has. This a is Namora's vision. Yeah, it he, might he be a fetish. a fetish. I don't know. It's I a fetish. Know. <laughs> you don't put that many belts on somebody, and it's not a fetish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so <laughs> this is this is what Riku looks like now, and I don't know. It's cool in my opinion. The black and purple, red. It screams like early two thousand scene. Hula skirts, an odd choice, but whatever. Probably because he's an island boy. I don't know. Oh God! Don't bring <laughs> Maybe, that up again. They'll appear. He's an he's an island boy, bro. Um, don't don't say it three times. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> the fucking appear. <laughs> so Riku threatens. That the darkness will destroy Sora, but Sora says that even if it does, it'll never touch his heart. And then Riku shoots this like di- dark uh, fireball, I guess, at Sora. But then here comes fucking zooming ass Goofy, rolling around at the speed of sound, <laughs> intercepts it, and he he protects Sora. I don't forgive him even for saving me. <laughs> I would have rather have died in that situation than have him save me and be like, "Look, I decided to change my heart." It's like uh, you could go die. 
I'd rather for the credits to roll and then there never be another Kingdom Hearts game again <laughs> than forgive that fucking dog. Anyways, so Donald decides that he's also willing to disobey the king. If it means sticking around with Sora, and then they say all for one and one for all. Aw. Wouldn't it have been so, great if the post credit scenes was Donald and Goofy getting fucking like hung in the gallows or some shit because they, <laughs> they disobeyed the king? Man, you just have all these like alternate endings to the whole series of Kingdom Hearts, and I love them. Keep them coming. So... Riku asks Sora how he's going to fight without the Keyblade. And then Sora has a kick-ass monologue. I know now I don't need the Keyblade. I've got a better weapon. My heart! <laughs> Your heart? What good will that weak little thing do for you? Although my heart may be weak, it's not alone. It's grown with each new experience, and it's found a home with all the friends I've made. I've become part of their heart just as they've become a part of mine. And if they think of me now and then, if they don't forget me, then our hearts will be one. I don't need a weapon. My friends are my power. Keyblade vanishes out of Riku's hands <clears throat> and then appears back in the stores. We have our first fight with Riku here. Uh, what do you think about this very first fight? Uh, I think I told you, I think it was pretty easy. To be totally honest, like it just, it just didn't seem hard. I guess. I think. I think I was actually reading up on this online. I think this fight is technically easier than the fight with Riku on Destiny Islands. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, I feel like he kicked the shit out of me in Destiny Island. Like, and to be fair, too, I didn't have a lot of health either. Yeah, you've got at abilities that point. now and all that. Yeah, and you can cure and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that fight, you know, going back, if I had all that stuff, probably would have been pretty easy but yeah with everything i was just like oh this is not this is not that bad i beat him i think i died once sure. i think i died once and i think i just because i ran out of out of magic or mana or whatever you yeah call it. okay yeah so yeah that's uh that's the very first fight with him after we defeat him we earn the white trinity and then riku reverts back into his normal clothes and then he he flees he runs like a little bitch pussy and then beast returns marveling at how it was sora's heart that won that battle in his eyes and i want to know what he did with the heartless like did he did he catch it or like fuck it like dude, what did that, he do well it's definitely fucking laying in a ditch somewhere i think yeah. we can say that yeah, whether he... it's alive or dead <laughs> it's 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 completely disabled for life now so <laughs> just from the waist what, down <laughs> whatever he did whatever he did to it it's out of commission i promise you that so yeah but now we can actually put beast back in our party um yeah i, I, I assume that's what you did yeah <laughs> i tried to get rid of goofy too but they didn't let me yeah <laughs> so so now we have to solve these little puzzles around the castle in order to move forward it's like this know, was rearranging a books yeah you rearrange books you find little pieces of the, of the door to to fill up that little puzzle and, and open it up. Um, I won't lie, I had to I had to look up like I didn't look up a video, but I had to look up like some like key things like on Google and stuff like that because I got lost for a minute. I was really confused. It was it's big. Yeah. That's just me. No, I mean yeah, there's <laughs> that's the other thing too. I mean, I'm sure you've seen before. There are other there have been other parts in this game where I, I will just say. 
Kingdom Hearts 1 is the most, like, go figure it out of all of the Kingdom Hearts games, you know? As of most games were back then, it was good luck. Sure. Yeah, but even, yeah, in basically every game going forward, um, unless you're trying to find secrets, I don't think you'll ever be lost, like, on, like, where the fuck do I go now, you know? Like, it's 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 always really clear. Yeah. Like, this game, it is like, oh, here's just a big fucking playground. Go figure it out, I guess. Yeah, and so. plus, you know, I was also looking for, like, you know, the chests and stuff, too, so, like... yeah. If I was, like, on a direct path doing, like, what I'm supposed to do with the books and, you know, all that kind of stuff, and I get sidetracked because I see something, I have to, like, almost backtrack and, like, start from the beginning and then go again because it's just, like, I'll get twisted around and I'm just like, oh, what the fuck, I've been here before. So, also, whenever you enter this library area where you're rearranging the books... Yeah. If you remember, this is also that same room that we see the younger Kyrie in whenever she's listening to that, you know, the old woman tell the story. So I don't know if you realize that, but that's where no. that's the same room. I did not even put that the fucking together. What the yeah. shit? So she was yeah. so when she appeared, she appeared at Hollow Bastion first? Or was this Or was so that when it, Maleficent? That we at least to? Yeah, we at least see footage of Kyrie as a little girl uh-huh. uh, at Hollow Bastion. You know, talking to that old woman. And oh, she that's, where she, oh, that's where she came from. Because maybe, mm. maybe Maleficent like had this shit in motion already, right? And mm-hmm. like she brought Kyrie to Hollow Bastion because for some reason she knew that this child was the key for some reason. I don't know. I don't yeah. know things. But then she accidentally just walked into a wormhole because she's a toddler. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just appeared on Destiny Island. They're like, hey. And she's like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't, I don't know if you if you caught that. But, yeah, f- form whatever theories that you will with that information. Okay. Uh, we also, we get the scene where Riku runs into the same figure in robes that, you know, we saw. Who appeared. Yeah, we, we see Sephiroth again, uh, who God appeared on it. Destiny Islands. Dude, it all comes back around, bro. Um, yeah, we saw the same guy at the beginning of the game in the secret cave area, and then he tells Riku that the Keyblade chose the person, like in that battle, chose the person with the stronger heart. But then he convinces him to have a stronger heart by fully embracing the darkness. And so as Riku sort of embraces uh, the further, like, darkness, uh, he starts to kind of glow green. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why he glows green, but he does. He's turning into the Hulk. Yeah. And so, yeah, then we're back in gameplay. Sora and company, they make their way further up the castle, solving lots of platform puzzles. You know, we're kind of going all around this bitch. This place is a doozy. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, but, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of twists and turns and moving different mechanical fucking pieces and you right. know so they're on the right path or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. yeah, it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, so we we have another scene here where Dark Riku. We'll just call we'll just call him Dark Riku for now. Darku, uh, Darku. He and Maleficent uh, discuss unlocking the keyhole to darkness. But we also hear that Riku's voice is now kind of layered with a deeper voice behind his own. It's very, like, Legion-esque. It's you know? just puberty. 
Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you know, you know, we all hit that age where we are literally speaking in two different voices at the same time. Ah, it happens to us all. <laughs> you know, the voice cracks, you know, yeah. it happens. <laughs> so Maleficent claims that she doesn't really care if the darkness overruns the world because darkness has no power over her. She just uses the darkness as she wishes, and she wants to use the darkness to rule all all of the worlds. So th- here again, we're seeing that she has very clear She's got a clear idea of, like, what darkness is and how it can be used. And yeah. she's like, ah, don't let it take over you because that's, you know, then it just controls you and you don't have any control over it and you don't want that shit to happen. So she's like, ah, yeah. I'm not scared of the darkness. I'm, I've am i got a fucking leash on it. Yeah, one of the smarter villains in most video games that I've seen, to be totally honest. So then Riku then summons the Keyblade of Heart. And I'll just send this image to you, too. This is what the Keyblade of Heart looks like. This is a synthetic Keyblade. We we read these in kind of like the Ansem reports uh, in a little bit, but I'll just say now, this is a synthetic Keyblade created by Ansem. It's red and black. It's got teeth that kind of form the outline of a heart. It has like this dark design despite being created from hearts of pure light um, and as we will see here in a little bit it, it lacks Kyrie's heart uh, so the keyblade's not totally complete yet and but has, the darkest the lightest things can be the saddest too people sure. that smile can also be the most depressed so it kind of makes yeah. sense right so <laughs> so you know it's never it's never been seen at its full power because it's not complete yet. Yeah. And also, just as a little note, it lacks a keychain. That so, it does. Yeah, so its purpose is basically just to release the darkness from someone's heart. And they discuss releasing Kyrie's heart in order to use the completed Keyblade of Heart to unlock the darkness of Hollow Bastion. Uh, and then they hear Beast roar and Maleficent's like, oh, I'll take care of them. And uh, Riku just kind of sticks around and, uh, you know, he's, he sticks around to guard the princesses. But also when she walks away, Riku kind of glows with this sort of bluer light. Like he, when he was embracing the darkness, he was glowing green. But now he's kind of an, an, like he's got this blue sort of light around him. Yeah. Um, as she kind of walks away and he does this weird little smirk at her. <laughs> yeah. Like but anyway, he's got his own plans now. He's like, I, yeah, I got my own shit going on. Sure. So Maleficent confronts Sora and says that they're too late because they're about to unlock the darkness. Like, you're too late. We haven't done the thing yet. And it's like, well, then I'm, then I'm not too late. <laughs> so, I'm right on time, actually. Yeah. So Sora is like, we're not going to let that happen. And then this is where we have our boss battle with Maleficent. Significantly harder than. Ruby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, one thing I noticed whenever I was watching the YouTuber fight Maleficent, mm-hmm. one thing that she cries out, and I don't know where this is from, um, because as far as I know, this is not something in the lore of, like, Sleeping Beauty or anything like that, and I don't think she ever says it, like, in any other situation, but just right here, when you fight her, she has a specific attack where she cries out, Meteors of Heaven, unleash thy fury. And I think it's maybe maybe it's not worth pointing out, but like 
does heaven exist in in the universe of Kingdom Hearts? You know, I don't know. Like, like I know you you haven't played the rest of the series to even like think about it in that sense. But in my mind, I'm like, wait, Maleficent is like directly referencing heaven. I don't know. I just I just thought that was kind of weird. Or maybe she means, or maybe she means like any kind of divine. Maybe not necessarily heaven, but like heavenly. You know what I mean? Like I, divine. I'm just saying, right? I'm just saying what she said. She said meteors of heaven. No, I get what you, thy fury. I get what you, I get what you mean. I'm just I'm thinking about it now too, and I'm just like I don't know. I yeah, like, is Mickey is Mickey God? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mickey, kill him. Yeah, she's. Wouldn't that be actually, a trip? You die, yeah. you go to heaven. God looks at you, goes, "Oh, all right." Oh. <laughs> Well, gang, you did. <laughs> so, oh my um, god, that would be awful. Yeah. So <laughs> that would that would mean dash that would mean you've actually arrived in hell. Sorry to say. Buddy. So after we beat her, she flees through the dark portal. She's like, oh, 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 and she like she runs away. Yeah, because you saw a beast standing behind me. Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. So this is where we receive Ansem's report five. Yes. So we chase Maleficent through this portal, and Riku shows up, and at first he's like, do you need help? (laughs) Hey, lay, lady, you need some help? And then he straight up just grabs that keyblade and just fucking, eh, just right into her heart. Yeah. Unlocks all of that darkness that's inside of her, and this is where she turns into a dragon. Which no one saw coming. Oh my I God. know. <laughs> yeah, here we get the Dragon Maleficent boss battle. And let me just say, too, before we really talk about it, this battle was so fucking hard for me as, a, as was, a little kid. It was hard for me, and I'm an adult. When I beat when I beat it for the first time, I thought I beat the final boss. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, it doesn't get harder than this. No way it gets harder than this. Anyways. How'd you feel about? You said it was hard, but like you know, it you, was. You, you have human Maleficent and Dragon Maleficent. How do you how do you feel about all that? Uh, human Maleficent was harder than Riku, but not nearly as hard as Dragon Maleficent. If that makes sense, if I'm like tearing it yeah. in a way, yeah. like Darku was like a walk in the park. I was just like you, you know pushed him over with like one hand. I was like shut up, I don't yeah. like you. Maleficent. Mm-hmm. It it took me I think two or three tries. Like human Maleficent. Sure. And then I think I spent a good 20 or 30 minutes, like, just repeatedly dying in, like, her first phase or whatever we, whatever it is that she does. Like, I don't know. I guess it was just, like, the, just, like, the, um, uh, what was the, what was the fight in Olympus? The Oh, uh, Cloud Fight? No, no, no. Or, not, oh, uh, Cerberus. Yeah, it was kind of, like, learning the patterns of certain yeah. stuff. And right. it took me a lot longer, because uh, at least the it kind of takes you away from that. Like Cerberus, you had to learn patterns and I was like, okay, this is what this game is going to be like. It's going to be pattern based boss battles, kind of like dark souls and stuff like that. Sure. And then it kind of deviates from that. And then it throws you right back into it. And especially into a hard fight too. That like it, it, it threw me, it threw me off. Cause I was not ready for patterns. I was like, Oh, okay. It's going to be like, you know, she's going to do this big wide attack or something, and then I'm going to be like, oh, whatever, and then I'm going to run up, hit her, and then just walk away, and, you know, kind of <laughs> like yeah. kind of like the genie fight, or you yeah, know. Yeah, the Jafar fight, or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not what that was. It, it was, it, it wasn't the hardest thing. That, you know, I still personally think Cerberus was harder, 
And that's just because probably I was newer to the game. Oh, yeah. It's like it just throws a boss like that, like so early on at you. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's naturally really hard. <laughs> yeah. Really I was one. like that. I feel I just looked at it. I was like, Cerberus felt significantly harder to me. I go, but Maleficent was no walk in the park either. It was a challenge. Sure. Yeah. I imagine if you ever get that urge to like go back like and start like a new file or whatever and fight fight Cerberus again or something you might even find that it's easier since you just kind of know how the game plays a little bit better you yeah. know and then it, you might be able to compare them easier I don't know but yeah I agree this was like I said this shit was so fucking hard I thought that I had beat the game after I beat her they cranked it um, they definitely cranked it up to like a 10 and I get it she's been like this she's been like what we thought was the big bad the entire time yeah you know, so, like, they had to make her fight seem like it was it. was it. You know what I mean? Like, they had yeah. to give well, us because that up, sense. Up, up to this point, you know, because we're, we're about to meet really the, the big main bad. antagonist of this yeah, game. Yeah. But up to this point, we don't really know who the main antagonist is. All that we really know up to this point is that Maleficent has been pulling all of these strings, right? Yeah, that's all we She's really been know. controlling all of the bosses of all of these worlds. And here we are finally taking her on. In my mind, I was like, here it is. This Guys, is it. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. no, I agree. And I don't even know if I could really say it was patterns, too. You know what I mean? Just her attacks sure. were just like... It just kind of threw me off. I don't think I was just ready for it. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I beat sure, the shit yeah. out of Riku. And I was just like, yeah, pussy. <laughs> you know, and I was just like going in with fucking big dick energy, and then she put me right in my place, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I came at you with this energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but even still, like as we continue to fight more bosses, like, like from here on out, every every next boss I thought was the final boss because I was like. We have to, like, we just killed Maleficent. The next boss has to be the final boss, you know, like, so. Yeah. Anyways. So once we kill Maleficent once and for all, Darku comes back and remarks how she was just being used by the Heartless from the very beginning and that her weak heart finally gave out on her. And my issue with this statement is that Riku literally forced the darkness to consume her with the Keyblade of Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, he he's like twisting her hand. She's just weak. But he literally fucking plunged it into her chest without her consent. <laughs> like, so we receive the new summon stone called Fire Glow. And uh, if you were to guess what Fire Glow is as a summon, who would you say it is? I don't know. I didn't use it. I haven't used it yet. So I, I guess just based on the name alone, what 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 do you glow. think Fire Glow would be? Fire Glow, Hades. Hmm. No. Okay. You want, me to, uh, you want me to just tell you? Yeah. This is Mushu. Fuck! <laughs> why Why so, did I not get... I For some reason, I did not even consider Mushu. Why was Mulan not in this game? Because I know you like Mulan, and I'm why like... Why was Mulan okay. not in this game? Well? I know, she's, I know she's in it later, but I'm just saying, why was Mulan not one of the princesses? What? Well, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, um... Sora makes his way into the room with all of the princesses of heart and Kyrie, And uh, then he kind of has this final confrontation with Darku. <laughs> Darkness possessed Riku. Yep. And let me tell you, Dash, the next two and a half minutes is forever ingrained into my memory. 
<laughs> as this you fight. cannot you cannot skip any cutscenes in yeah. the original PlayStation 2 release of this video game. And so this next boss kicked my ass so hard so many times. I I probably watched the if I look dude, if I had a dollar for <laughs> how many times I had to watch this cutscene, I would have I think I would have $60. Okay? <laughs> I would have sixty dollars. I've seen this so many fucking times, and that's um, not a lot, but it's it's shocking that it's that amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two and a half minutes, man. So, in this scene, Sora runs up the steps, and Goofy is killed by an invisible wall. And then Sora runs to go pick <laughs> up like, Kyrie's like body. You said he's killed by an invisible wall because that's exactly. I was like, up, oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, well, you never see him like for the rest of the cutscene. So, Sora runs to go pick up Kyrie's body. Riku says that she can't wake up without her heart. Yeah. And then Sora starts to kind of understand that it's not actually Riku that he's talking to. He's like, who are you? And then it's like officially confirmed that Kairi is, in fact, the seventh princess of heart. So Sora's flabbergasted. How did you feel about this? <laughs> I saw it coming from a mile fucking away. <laughs> of course. <laughs> who, who doesn't? Uh, it was it was it kind of just laid it out it laid it on real fucking thick like oh yeah you know it's like oh Kyrie you know I think I kind of figured it out towards because we kept hearing about the princesses like what by Agrabar at least that you know maybe not the total number of them but you know you know, we kind of knew uh there needed to be like one that kind of topped the rest or something like that. It's like Riku's constantly sleeping. She's never awake. I'm like, I wonder what she is. I wonder what, yeah. you know, her purpose is. She's, uh, yeah. It's just fucking. <laughs> yep. So Sora is fucking dumb smacked by this. And Sora demands that whoever is taking over Riku to give him back his heart back. But then Riku demands that Sora give Kairi her heart back. And then Sora slumps to the ground, and then Riku says that Kairi's heart has been inside Sora this whole time. And then Sora says, Kairi's inside me? Giggity. This explains why Sora has been always, like, seeing visions of specifically Kairi everywhere that he went. And like we had said, too, um, whenever he arrives at Hollow Bastion, he says that he feels this warmth inside of him. Donald makes a joke. He says, oh, you're just hungry. But we also see in that flashback that Kairi has been here as a little girl. So whenever Sora arrives here, because he has Kairi's heart, he feels like warmth, like well up inside of him. Yeah. And then we also, if you remember back over at the Tarzan world, uh, we we go gather all of those slides, those projector slides. Um, and we're looking through the projector. And then Sora sees... Uh, this image where Sora, he says that he feels like he remembers that place. But yeah, if you yeah. go back and you look at that slide again, you'll see that it's actually an image of Hollow Bastion. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. So they're you all know. from Hollow Bastion. I'm so... Well, sorry. Well, sorry. So, um, because Kyrie's heart is inside Sora... Now Sora is starting to feel like oh, emotions. He has, like, Kyrie's memories. He had kinda. yes, yeah. He's like started. Even if he doesn't necessarily remember them, he sees certain things and certain triggers happen, and he's like, "Wait, I f- this seems familiar to me. Yeah. I feel like I know this place because he has Kyrie 
<laughs> as he said. Kyrie's inside me. I, I remember this was kind of a uh, kind of a a big shocker to me um, whenever I was a little kid. But then Sora demands that the possessor to reveal himself, and then Riku replies, "It is I, Ansem, the Seeker of Darkness." Oh, no one saw that one coming either. I honestly didn't see that coming because. Up to this point, I didn't realize that Ansem was necessarily a bad guy. I just knew that he knew about Heartless. I really wasn't expecting this Ansem character to be, like, the main antagonist. I thought that I, we were just learning lore from that stuff. I didn't... I wouldn't have suspect, uh, suspected... Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't... Expected. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected me to get it if I was just playing the game. Right? If sure. I was just playing... But the fact that we talk about it and, like listening to the answer reports as you read them and stuff like that it it, it kind of was just like yeah no he he's going down a dark path yeah he's going down a dark path and he's starting to get real twisted like very very quickly and i was like mm-hmm. it would not shock me if anson is either the main the main bad guy or he is like or he is like so far gone that like you know he somehow is like controlled by this or so you know what i mean like he's not sure. fully there anymore mm-hmm. okay okay so donald charges him and then riku kills him and then ansem riku then attempts to use the keyblade of heart in sora Giggity. uh yeah so that he can unlock Kyrie's heart shouting so I shall release you now, princess. Complete the keyhole with your power. Open the door. Lead me into everlasting darkness. And then Sora hears Kairi yell his name. Sora! And then he deflects the keyblade by yelling, Forget it! There's no way you're taking Kairi's heart! (laughs) <laughs> and um dude that line right there every fucking time like i see that scene i like dude like i said i have this whole scene fucking memorized um <laughs> so then we got the kick-ass organ music it it all comes in and then we have a boss battle with ansem riku yeah so how is how is this battle for you i had to walk away from the game for a minute yeah, let me put it that way. I didn't have to watch the cutscenes because you can skip things now. Yes, that's what I'm saying, bro. You are—you don't know how privileged you fucking are, Dad. <laughs> I got to skip the cutscenes, but I, I could feel somewhat of your pain because I—I I had to—I had to pause, like mid-fight, like right before I died for like the fourth time, and walk away. <laughs> like I ate something. I, like, got a drink of water. I, like, yeah. looked at my phone for, like, ten minutes, and then I go, yeah. all right, let's try it again. Because I was, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. I was yeah. fuming. I was pretty angry. Yeah. Nice. I'm, yeah, call me a sadist, bro. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear it, brother. So, <laughs> Ansem Riku disappears right after you win this little battle. And then, oh, Donald and Goofy aren't dead. They tell Sora that they need to wake up Kairi so that um, he can seal away the world from the Heartless. And so Sora walks over there uh, to the Keyblade of Heart. And then Donald and Goofy try to stop him because they know what he's about to do. But with a smile on his face, 
Sora releases the heart that is connected to his own. And the Keyblade of Heart vanishes as six orbs of light fly into the air and back into the Princesses of Heart. And another one comes out and, and Kairi's re- reawakened. And uh, Sora starts to disappear as Donald starts running after him and calling out his name. And Kairi tries to catch him. And we get this little scene of Sora falling into darkness. How did, how did you feel about this little scene? Uh, I was like, you know, I... I was thinking movie tropes, self-sacrificing, you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, do it. I was like, I wonder how they're going to get him back, though. I go, because, you know, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, they'll just believe in the heart of friendship hard enough. and It'll just appear. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, I I thought that this was a cool scene when I first watched it whenever I was younger. I didn't necessarily feel anything. I didn't feel really emotional about it. I just kind of thought that same thing of like, well, like, how's he going to get back? You know, because I'm like, well, (laughs) this can't be where the game ends. Yeah. Sora has to come back, you know. That would have been a wild ending, though. He just fell into darkness. (laughs) Yeah. Credits roll. Another alternate ending to the end of the whole series. Um, But yeah, I I played that whenever these games were remastered uh, for the PlayStation 3. For mm-hmm. the very first, you know, the first time we got the final mix versions, I was super pumped. I got these copies of the games, and I got back to this scene. And since I had so much more context for the rest of the series, uh, I started like busting out into tears during the scene. Um, <laughs> just like upon like my second time watching it, like it was, it got me good. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, we see Ansem's true body then appear like before Kyrie, Donald, and Goofy. And he states that Kyrie has served her purpose with the keyhole complete. And then he starts walking towards them. And then Riku appears in front of Ansem, glowing in this white light instead of that green evil light or the darkness light or whatever, uh, holding him off as Heartless starts surrounding them. And Kyrie, Donald, and Goofy, they run away as one little shadow Heartless watches them from a distance. So what do you think about Ansem's, like, design? Like oh, just seeing Ansem for the first time. He's cool as shit. Like, he pulls off the look better than fucking Riku does. He does, absolutely. <laughs> he absolutely does. Yeah. I, I, liked, I liked his design. He looked very intimidating, menacing. Like, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, oh shit, I gotta fucking fight him at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, god damn it. Yeah. And, and this design of him, specifically in this HD remaster, is like an updated design. Like, it's different than what it was in the original PlayStation 2 version. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I, it works so good. It looks really clean. I like the colors. I like the design. It's, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, so, it's great. So then we see that that one little Heartless, you know, that was kind of watching them from a distance, uh, is actually us. So now we control a little shadow all the way back down the castle. How did you like controlling the shadow Heartless? <laughs> it was, he was goofy. <laughs> yeah he's a little goofy i fucking I wanna, loved it yeah i'll, I I'll send it to you i'll send it to you but me and my buddy dj and brandon we all sat together and we played through the entirety of kingdom hearts one on uh, our gameplay channel and uh dude we had so many inside jokes just joking about the way that the fucking uh <laughs> so good <laughs> but um yeah so now you know, whenever we meet up with Kyrie and all them back at the uh, bottom of the castle, <clears throat> Donald beats you over the head with his staff. <laughs> but then 
Kyrie is pretty much immediately like Sora, like she recognizes you as Sora, and then at that moment, everyone is ambushed by Heartless again. Uh, but Kyrie covers up the one that she believes is actually Sora, and a light kills the remaining Heartless that are surrounding them as Sora appears holding Kyrie. And, Aww, so yeah. cute. Yeah, so Beast fucking, he shows back up. Yeah, where were you? <laughs> and he just fuck, he just wipes out the rest of the Heartless because he's a fucking beast. Yeah. Uh, and he tells us to run away while he reunites with Belle. And that's that's really, I mean, right after that, we get a scene back in Traverse Town. We're basically done with <laughs> with uh, Hollow Bastion for right now. Yeah. So in, until we go back to Hollow Bastion, how? Let me let me hear again. What are your thoughts on Hollow Bastion? Everything that we've done so far. Super super cool. Definitely not my favorite world. Um, uh, just because I think it was so frustrating, like you know the twists and turns and the boss battles, just everything. Everything as a whole was just frustrating as shit when it came yeah. to Hollow Bastion. But on the flip side of that, awesome design. The uh, the Heartlesses, uh, some of their designs were really fucking cool. I loved it. Uh, it was very eerie, you know, especially when you got to see that shot of like all the princesses like in the tubes or whatever. Like it was like, you know, super like, holy shit, like that's, that's right. fucked up, you know. And then, you know, the betrayal of Riku or Ansem, whoever was whoever stabbed Maleficent at that point. And the, the betrayal of Donald and Goofy, too. <laughs> yeah, that, too. And, you know, seeing Beast, who's by far the best companion we've had so far, you know, like it was all in all like a 10 out of 10 kind of world but like super fucking frustrating like yeah, I, I, yeah. like so frustrating there's just there's so much going on in it man it's it's beefy yeah so we escape back over to Traverse Town and explain to leon everything that we know yes and pretty much everyone who's there in that room uh they all pretty much just deduce that the heartless can be eradicated by sealing that specific keyhole in a hollow bastion. And Leon encourages Sora uh, by even saying that we can probably save Riku too. And, yeah. And um, just by going back and doing and doing more shit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some more stuff to do over here in Traverse town uh, before we do head back to hollow bastion, but that's where we are going to leave, uh, you know, just talking about the game proper. Yeah. Uh, I do want to, before we completely stop, I want to go through Ansem Report number five with you. Okay. To study the heartless behavior, I picked out one for observation. It wiggled its antenna and, as if sensing a target, headed deep into the castle. In the deepest part of the castle, its antenna began vibrating, as if searching for something. Suddenly, a strange door appeared. I'd never known of its existence had a large keyhole, but it didn't seem to be locked, so I opened the door. What I saw on the other side mystified me. What was that powerful mass of energy? That night, I observed a great meteor shower in the sky. Could it be related to the door that I have opened? So, what are your thoughts on that specific Ansem report? It seems, um, like I said, it, you know, reading some of the answer reports like he kind of went down this dark path this seems like even though it's number five it was like maybe number three you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. in like events like he he saw something happen and then mickey came and talked to him 
And then as he started to do more research, then this happened where he kind of he found a heartless to study and then like just kind of observed it. And then, you know, then, you know, stuff happened after that. That's when he started to lose his shit, you know, because whatever he opened, he was not ready for realistically Mm -hmm. all that power, that powerful mass or whatever he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, we we see him describing one specific heartless, and I feel like it's safe to assume that he's probably just talking about like a shadow, right? It's yeah. Got the antenna and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it says he's like the heartless seems like it's searching for something, and then this is when he starts mentioning the door, and I'm pretty like we've seen this door, uh, like we we look back into a. Um, the flashback with Riku and Sora whenever they were little kids inside the cave. And then we see that huge door with a huge keyhole on the inside of it. And I'm pretty sure he's talking about that same door. Um, I don't think, I don't think he's there on the Island. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think it's the same door that he sees and he's saying that he opens it up, you know, right at the end of that, he starts saying, you know, I observed a great meteor meteor shower in the sky. Could it be related to the door? And I think it's, because we've already also read Ansem Report 7, mm-hmm. we see that the material from the meteors um, is the gummy is, pieces. Is the gummy pieces, yeah. So really not a whole lot of revelation here yeah. other than just the fact that he discovered this door and he decided to open it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I you know, right right now we are – we're gearing up right now. I, I would say, like it's... I said in the beginning, this next episode that we record – uh, you're going to be finishing the game. <laughs> yeah, the final countdown, man. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see Me where too. this ends. Yeah, it's... A, it's. You'll... Uh, I'll enjoy it. You, you'll enjoy it, I think. I don't want to... I don't, you know, I, I don't want to be like, it's awesome, it's so cool, you know. I, and then I, I get just, sad because it's a letdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just excited for you to be done with it. That way we can also just just get to the good shit sooner you know what i mean I like know. this is all good I'm stuff but man it just gets so good i'm excited um, for kingdom hearts too i really am yeah so but also just a um, just to kind of set some other expectations as well um so the next episode you know right here we we ended off with sora um arriving back in traverse town after you know leaving hollow bastion for the first time and the next episode we're ba- like i said we're from here on out we're finishing the game but that won't be our last episode of kingdom hearts one uh i want to do another episode after that where dash will in real time react to the secret ending with me yeah we'll, we'll get his reactions to all of that and we'll see his his theory brain work through what the fuck he sees <laughs> during all of that stuff you know i, I hope to have some kind of like, I want to also present, like, theories um, that people had back, like, in 2003, Have a theory 2004, episode. you know. Yeah, just, like, I want to present to you what other people were saying online, back in forums, on the internet, you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, before the sequel came out, before Chain of Memories came out or anything like that. Um, you know, just pe- what people thought was going to happen next, you know, because that stuff's interesting, and I want to see, you know how your brain will also work with those theories as well. And, you know, I feel like it'll be a fun extra little episode and we'll use it as, as another, like a stepping stone into leading into uh rechain of memories. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's basically, there's going to be two more episodes. The next episode, we're finishing the game, and then we'll have our, our true Kingdom Hearts 1 wrap-up review finale episode. And then, uh, and then that'll be the end of this little season of this. But man, I'm so excited to be I'm gearing pumped. towards this. Yeah, uh, guys. Again, I'm sorry that there was a delay. You know, like me and Dash were saying, you know, life just kind of gets in the way. We live in Texas, and it's hot as fucking nutsack yeah. down here. You so. almost passed out one of the weeks. So I literally had a heat stroke in my truck driving home. So yeah, and that was on a Friday when we were supposed to record. So it was just yeah. like, uh, but probably we, not. We got tattoos that night. <laughs> yeah, and we were there till two in the morning. So it just yeah. none of it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So, anyways. Um, yeah, guys, that's it. Yeah, uh, Dash. Before we head out, do you want to plug any of your your stuff where people can talk to you online? Nah, same thing. I'm gonna post about the podcast and stuff like that, and say the you know not the final episode, but the final episode about the the game will be coming up. So yeah, you know, get mm-hmm. get those get those listeners in. I'm just Hell excited. Yeah. Yeah, so follow follow Dash on Twitter and Instagram. I'll uh, I'll link all that stuff down in the yeah. description of this episode on you know all the podcast apps as well as YouTube and all that. And yep. then uh, also just another quick little plug for our Discord. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you're not joined in our Discord, what are you doing? Come talk to us. <laughs> you know, for a while this has been general RPG, JRPG kind of stuff. And uh, it's st- I still want it to be just general game conversation. But if you want to get in there and talk to me and Dash and really anybody else about Kingdom Hearts specifically and as we're going through the series, I, you know, try to be sensitive to spoilers for Dash and all that. But we, we want to talk to y'all. We are excited to just, you know, continue getting to know our listeners more and more. And, man, I'm just so excited for this. And then there's also, you can follow me on Twitter as well. That is at OverLevelCast. Uh, that'll all be linked as well. You can email us uh, at the, like, our, our Gmail is OverLevelPodcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon as well. Currently, the only thing that I'm offering on Patreon is our, well, at least my notes like the notes that i take for every single episode comprehensive uh, just a type up that i do on my computer so and i and i even upload that stuff before we even record these episodes so if you want to get ahead of the game you can uh, go check out that patreon page links will all be in the description uh, I'll be that's my pretty much on it. there for the highest yeah. subscriber yeah we'll <laughs> have uh, dash's only fans set up for feet pics and all that <laughs> later on so a lot of fun stuff happening. A lot of fun stuff. Oh, so. Jesus. Cool. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.